Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies, sexuality, and feminism. I'm your host, Kristen Lighty, and it's been a minute since we've done this, and the power of Zoom compelled me to come on back and start talking about spooky movies again. Uh, now that it's that time of the year, I just really miss doing Bloody Mary, and the power of Zoom makes it so easy, so I thought, let's get back out there and do it. Uh, and I'm really excited for today's guest we have. Jamie Schreiner from Chicago. Jamie, hello. Why don't you tell people about who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so I basically, like, I, I've branded myself as a musical theater actress turned musical comedian. That's sort of what I do. But I would consider myself a stand-up just as much as I am a musical comedian. I kind of just try to accost the, <laughs> the stand-up audiences with my music. They don't know that it's coming until I start <laughs> rapping or singing I just kind of like just kind of love the element of surprise so I mainly I mainly do stand-up rooms but I have a musical element to my set that's sort of what I do yeah I remember the first time I saw you I don't remember where it was but I remember thinking I love this and she is a star oh thank you. I, like, I appreciate that yeah because it's like I will say definitely I um I, I, I had a rough time starting out in Chicago because I think like a of all, you know, being a woman, I know that people get mad when you say like, it's harder <laughs> being a woman, but it is. So kiss my ass, kiss my ass. Uh, nobody takes you seriously. They think you're just there trying to like get laid, which is hilarious to me. Cause I'm like, really, you think that my self-esteem is that low? Like, this is where I'm trying to get some like, okay, sweet. But um, also, yeah, everybody, everybody kind of at first thought the music was really hacky because I honestly, like some of my first songs, I wrote stuff more so that like fans of musical theater would find funny rather than like normal people. So yeah, normal people were like, this is, this is cheesy. This is corny. This is hacky. But I kind of, I feel like I've recently in the past year or so really like found my stride and been able to make my stuff more appealing to regular people who don't like love Fiddler on the Roof. Well, I would say both are great. And I'm not, I'm not a theater kid and I loved it, uh, but you're blowing up. You're like touring all over now. So forget that. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm honestly like, I've been feeling so um, like validated and excited. And I just like, I kind of have always like the, the whole reason I started doing stand up is I did a bunch of variety shows when I was working on a one woman show. And I kept seeing like, just a bunch of like dudes that were stand ups that I was like, this is so not funny. Like, I'm tired of listening to white <laughs> men talk about porn in their dicks. Like I'm. And so I think that like, honestly, as as um as maybe not as good of a reason to have started as it is I kind of was like I want to do what they're doing better like that was why I started stand-up and I'm glad I've stuck to it because I think you know I hope that I can you know in the future like as I continue to have more success help other women and non-binary and trans people like come up as well just because like it's not really stacked in our favor and so I want to like be able to be successful so I can advocate for other people so Hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, I definitely feel that. What is your relationship to horror as a genre? Um, my relationship to horror as a genre is I um, honestly, like, I feel like the first times I watched horror movies were like my friends at slumber parties trying to scare me because I am I am a sensitive, soft little bitch. If I'm honest, I'm very, I'm very much a soft little bitch. Um, so they were always like, uh, you like you're gonna be scared and like yeah like I scare very easily so it's kind of like I almost am like a moth to the flame with horror movies like I know that they're bad for me and I know that 
I know that I'm not gonna be able to sleep and I'm gonna be distraught, but I, I can't stop watching them. And I definitely, I think I said to you, I'm much more of a fan of a psychological thriller than something that's just like gross. Mm-hmm. I know like, cause I remember my friends took me to see Saw 5, I think when I was like 17 and I had to sleep <laughs> in my parents' floor for the next six months. Cause I just like did not like that. Oh my gosh. And I like, I remember like, cause I'm sorry, like I grew up in Indiana, but I was like definitely like 17, 18 dating these like 30 year old men who had no business dating me. And they would show oh. me like, hu- they would show me like human centipede and stuff. And I would be like, oh, this is so upset. But then they would try to be like, oh, it's okay. Like it's just like a very yuck I'm your dynamic. So yeah, that's yeah, so like, cool. uh, yeah. I dated so- a 21 year old when I was 13 and no one was like, hey, this isn't good. <laughs> oh, the Midwest. I love the Midwest <laughs> so much. Your parents are like, have fun. Go have fun with your oh, he adult great. boyfriend. <laughs> so wrong. Um, so what is the first horror movie you remember seeing? Oh, the first horror movie I remember seeing was I think it was either like I saw Sleepy Hollow and The Ring within very close time of one another. So it was one of those. And I think that they both um equally messed me up. <laughs> and so like when it had finally been seven days and Samara didn't come for me, I was like, okay, like, it's not, <laughs> it's not real, but I was I very, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think like anything that's like, huh, anything that's like ghosts stresses me out. I much prefer like just a really messed up murderer because mm-hmm. the ghosts I'm like, I, I absolutely believe in ghosts. And I feel like that's something that's like, you, I feel like there's less control when spirits are involved. Whereas like, if it's just a really deranged person, like if you can get enough people to, like, to, to overpower that deranged person. I mean, that's why like, I think of like Last House on the Left. That's definitely more of like a psychological thriller, but I love that one because it's like, yeah, it's just like, there's some fucked up people. So like, we're gonna gang up on these fucked up people. Like, it feels like, it feels like more of a even heal then like sleepy hollow the ring scarred me for life because it's yeah. like haunting stuff yeah you can't take revenge on a ghost they know what you're yeah gonna do. <laughs> all you can all you can do on a ghost is like hold up the crucifix and be like the power of christ compels you and honestly like i am very like i believe that there's a higher power but i feel like the christian god is is more like a like a like a teenage boy with a youtube account like i don't really know that he's coming to rescue me <laughs> i'm sorry like i just like he keeps, because I mean, it's like people, like people in those situations, you need, you need to call on God to like, get rid of the demons. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are, are you going to show up for me, God? I don't know. Cause I feel like I let you down a lot. So you're just going to sit there like smoking a cigarette waiting until the last minute. Please like and, and subscribe, I, God. <laughs> yeah. God, please, please. Okay. Uh, do it, do it this. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so for us to talk about today, uh, Jamie chose Midsummer, which uh, I love so much. That's the story of Danny and her boyfriend, Christian, who go to Sweden to participate in what they think is a festival. It turns out to be more of a series of rituals. And then there's a lot of murder. Um, so it was fantastic. I'm so glad you chose it. What made you choose this movie? Honestly, I remember I the first time I watched Midsummer was during the pandemic and I was like high on an edible and it was horrifically scary to watch high on an edible 
but then I do remember at the end of the movie, which like, we're not going to get to it just yet. Cause we're going to go through bit by bit, but at the end of the movie, I started laughing hysterically. And so I just like, I've never been so scared, but then so like, it, it was almost like the plot worked in such a way that like, whereas other movies give you that kind of like, ah, relief, the ghost is gone. Like this one, it was legitimately like, I felt like freed by the way this movie ended. I felt so happy, which I've never felt like happy at the end of a horror movie. I've always felt relieved, but not like genuine happiness. And maybe I'm mentally ill for being genuinely happy at the end of this movie, but it just made me happy. It made me really happy the way it ended. And so that's why I wanted to talk about it. I think it's a really, and it's definitely like in the niche that I love, it's more of a psychological thriller than anything else. Um, and they do mushrooms, which I love. I love that. I love that element of the entire thing. Like the horror being heightened by them being on psychedelics is very fun. Yeah, it was really interesting the way that Ari Aster filmed it as well to like try to put mm -hmm. the viewer in that perspective as well. Yes. Yes. Like I think of like Christian when Christian's really tripping at that table. Mm -hmm. like that moment where he gets like smacked in the face and everything like reverbs for a second like oh, yeah I've I've felt like that on mushrooms like and and just the way he's able to like like in cinematically achieve some of those sensations that you have when you're tripping on on mushrooms or acid it was just like what a guy like because I, I feel like a lot of times like they make it really corny in movies it's like oh I'm going crazy and I'm like, gonna eat a baby <laughs> yeah it was not it was not that it was not cheesy it was just like no like your your um perception and and your reality is altered in a way that is it's much more subtle than other movies have made tripping look mm -hmm. yeah I love Ari Aster I um I loved Hereditary as well which we talked about on the podcast when it came out um, yeah. and I, I really love how Ari Aster has kind of delved into personal relationships as the new frontier of horror. It's because, um, you know, like we've all had these terrible relationships, but we didn't get the kind of closure Danny got. Yeah, Danny got some serious, serious closure there. Well, and it's like, it's funny because I actually, so I, I rewatched the movie, obviously, before we met to talk and I'm, I'm visiting my parents right now. So I watched it with my dad. And it's just funny, like from a boomer man's point of view, I was sitting there just like mumbling, like, oh, this fucking asshole. And my dad's like, really? Like, he doesn't seem that bad to me. I mean, he's, he's consoling her right now. Like after, like in the beginning, after, you know, like the huge death of her whole family moment, he's consoling her. I'm like, well, yeah, dad, that's the fucking bare minimum. Like all this man is doing is the bare fucking minimum. And if you notice, he keeps his winter jacket on in that scene, which to me was very telling that he wants to get out of there as soon as he can. Yeah, like he's ready to go. Like he's not, yeah, and I just like, cause I, maybe the jacket like was something I subconsciously noticed. Cause yeah, when he was rubbing her back, I said to myself, I said, oh, this piece of shit. And my dad, <laughs> my dad did not get it. He was like, why, like, what do you mean? He's doing exactly what he should be doing. And I was like, yeah, and nothing more. Like mm -hmm. that's the whole issue with um, sorry, the dogs. This is the whole issue with um, with him is that it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, so often in relationships, I think that both men and women and just people in general reach this point in a relationship where they're like, I'm not happy, but I'm going to hurt this person if I leave them. And it's like, no, you're doing them more of a disservice to stay in a relationship with them when you're not meeting their needs. 
Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like some people are so self-important and it's very it's very much a narcissistic tendency to be like, "Oh, well if I leave them their whole world will fall apart." And it's like not actually like you're keeping Danny from reaching the full potential she could reach because you're giving her the kind of love that is way beneath what she deserves. And she thinks that this is what she deserves now because this is what she's become used to over the course of this entire relationship. Exactly. I think that's one of the biggest themes in the movie is this submission to your partner that Danny is showing us. And like, I've experienced this before as well, especially as women. I think, you know, when we're in a heteronormative relationship, we're expected to, um, you know, perhaps make ourselves smaller for our male partner. And Bell Hooks has this really great um, thought in her book, Communion, about how we are expected to do that because of the patriarchy. But then the reverse of it is we get called needy. But it's like when you make someone your whole life, of course, then you're going to seem needy. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, literally, like, like back in the day, in theory, if you are being put in a relationship where you're not meant to work, you're supposed to stay home and take care of the family and your husband's a breadwinner, you, winner, winner, you, you do need him. Yeah. Whereas like, I feel like society, it's like shifted in a way where you don't necessarily need the man anymore. And I think it like, oh, it really hit me in the guts. I didn't notice this. I think, I, I mean, I'm sure I noticed this line the last time I watched the movie, but I was so taken by when she wins and they, and they say, you know, the May Queen has to go bless all the crops and the livestock. And she says, can Christian come with me? And the person's like, no, the queen must ride alone. And it's almost like, uh, it's almost this thing of like, I think to some degree when women reach a certain level of success or a certain level of like things going right for them, it's difficult for, for men to continue to be their partner because it's like they feel almost eclipsed by this woman's success. Mm-hmm. To the point where it's like she, she, like this amazing opportunity. I say amazing opportunity is basically she wanted to dance off, but like <laughs> she has to, she has to go without him. You know what I mean? Like he can't, he can't come with her for this because this is her win. It's not his win. And I think that is, you know, directly um, the opposite of how their relationship has been. The relationship has always been about Christian, you know, and he really only comes to life on film when there's something he can get, right? Like when he was flirting with the waitress, when he realized he wanted to steal his friend's dissertation idea, then he's like got a spark about him, you know? He doesn't do anything for himself. So that's the thing that's like the most infuriating about Christian to watch throughout is like, yeah, everything. I feel like he takes and drains of everybody around him. Yes. He just like steals their joy and steals their energy. And that's, and that's what's so um, just pisses me off about him and that he could like sit there, like wanting to get off the phone with her when it's like her sister is like threatened this thing. And it's like a serious, and the way that she, like, it it is so, uh, it's so, like triggering and upsetting to watch the way that Danny like holds back and manages her emotions because she probably has in the past called him and Mm -hmm. freaked the hell out and he has like completely diminished her and completely shot her down or been like you're being too much I'm gonna hang up on you so it's like she has to say everything so carefully so that he'll stay on the phone with her it it is upsetting to me to the point where I laugh at the end of the movie I, I know that that's evil but I do laugh at the end of the movie because it's like he literally like beyond everything going on with her family this man is continuing to drain her of like every little bit of life that she has left and make her question herself and like 
it's just funny when they're at that table and, and they're talking about the other couple where like he left with like the guy left without Connie and she's like, Oh, I could see you doing that to me. And he's like, excuse me. It's like, I could see Christian doing that to her too, honestly. Yeah. And I love that he was so offended by that. It makes me think it's the first time she's really pointed out the behavior. Yeah. Cause she probably just brushes it off. Cause she's, she's conditioned to think that she's too much. I think as well, because she's also like, mental illness runs in her family. She's mentally ill. So she thinks that she is unlovable and she has to like pare that part of herself down to receive love. And like, oh, like the, I know it's like creepy how everybody feels everybody's emotions fully with them. Like that's part of what makes the movie so I jarring. Love I love it. I, I, <laughs> Cause it is like, honestly, you think about the fact that like this man, the entire time they've been together, has diminished her emotions, has literally led her to the point of holding everything back from him and holding everything in. And when she finally, like, when she sees him, you know, having sex with that other woman and she has that breakdown, all the women, like, like, I think when I watched it again, they're not, like, imitating her. They are literally crying with her. They're wailing with her. And I think it's like, holy crap, like, that's the first time she's ever had somebody validate her emotions in that way. I think that's why she ends up fully, like, kind of succumbing to this group and this way of life is she finally feels like heard by these people yeah. in a way that she hasn't been. I've just been nodding furiously the whole time you were talking. <laughs> I, <laughs> just like, like that's a huge part of this movie as well is like the idea of finding community. And I remember when I saw it in the theater, that scene with all the women collectively experiencing communal grief together, like I, I like cried, but in a happy way because it, I was so moved by how this community expresses grief and doesn't hide it. And, you know, that's one of the things I try to do with my comedy is talk about really dark things. Cause I feel like if we put everything out on the table people will feel less um, scared to talk about things with each yeah. other, you know? And I just, uh, I loved it. I loved it so much. I, yeah. I think I like the first time I watched it moved me but then I was like super this time watching it just now I think especially because I was sober I was even more moved because I was able to see like the like the how meaningful and beautiful it was because it's like thinking of her on that phone call like holding back tears and trying mm -hmm. to like not emote and then her just like letting the floodgates open it was like so beautiful I loved it and I also just I just love I love the movie especially like Oh, like Christian's friends, especially the one who pees on the ancestral tree. Like they're just such douches. Oh, that's smart. They're like the I'm worst. Asshole. <laughs> just the worst, just the worst people. Just the worst. And that's why it's like, as much as like Pele is like kind of sinister in that he lures his friends. When you think of like, I think to some degree, like I wonder if Pele like, like sees that Danny is in an abusive relationship and cares for her in a way that like Christian maybe does not. Um, I think that's almost why it's like, I mean, I wonder like, would they have sacrificed Danny if she didn't win May Queen? Like, would she have been sacrificed too? I don't know. Like if she would have, she probably would have because she's one of the outsiders being brought in, but it's like, in a way she like almost gets herself out of that by becoming the May Queen like weirdly and accidentally it's kind of interesting to think how the movie would go if she hadn't have won that that dance contest yeah I had that same as that question because I did think Pele kind of was sweet on her a little bit and they do have to bring out in outsiders to like 
have children with. But I was curious if she went to one, would she be an art project in that barn as well, you know? Yeah, exactly. When I wonder, like, I do wonder, like, post, you know, movie now, I'm like, oh, is she gonna, like, is, like, is she gonna, like, have Pele's kids now? Or, like, you know what I mean? I just am interested to see, like, is she gonna, like, stay a part of this community? Is she just gonna go back? Because in theory, like, she really could just, like, stay in Sweden and never come back if she wanted to, because it's, like, she doesn't necessarily, like, if she wanted to go back to finish college, maybe, but she doesn't have to go home. There's nobody, like, it's really sad to say, but other than that one friend she was on the phone with, there's nobody like waiting for her back in America. Um, yeah, so I find it really like the whole thing really interesting. And like Pele, like watching it a second time, like the way he is around the table with the guys, like when the two guys are talking shit about Danny, he doesn't say a word. Mm-hmm. He isn't like he isn't um, negatively commenting on it at all. He's only just trying to be supportive perhaps maybe triggering like he does bring up the, the family thing way too quick after it's happened but like he also doesn't know any better to some degree um but yeah I just like man and they fucking the fact that that moment where they open Christian's eyes and he's like you can't move and you can't talk and they just back up away from it's just so like I think it would be scary if you were a Christian type of person, but since I usually have like dated and been hurt by Christian type people, like that's from that moment on, I'm like, Oh shit, this is fun. Like, mm-hmm. Which is evil, but like, <laughs> this is very fun to me. No, I, I definitely get it. And, you know, just, I, I definitely see Mark, you know, the character we were talking about as the ugly American, um, you know, he just, oh, I'm such a creep, like commenting on the women in Sweden and like you said, pissing on the ancestral tree. And then there was that moment when they were all just first experiencing mushrooms when they got there and he was like screaming, everybody lay down, Josh lay down. And it was like, why are you doing this to people? It's totally that like, yeah, it is that gross American stereotype. He's totally that. And then it's like, I feel like the the other friend is almost like the bystander. Like he's there for a legitimate reason. He like wants to do this project, but also he kind of is like, he lets Christian steal his idea. He lets Mark just like rampantly be an asshole. It's just like, it's almost a thing where it's like that friend is neutral and like neither good nor bad, but like, because he's neutral, he still sucks. Cause he like is allowing this behavior from his friends. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you about Pele kind of maybe sowing the seeds of discontent because he definitely knew that Josh had that dissertation idea first, but pretended like, oh, Christian came to me first. So, you know, you have to work it out together. Yeah. And then he also said something to Mark about, um, you know, you're an American, just go jam yourself in there. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of like, it doesn't sound like anything to us, but I feel like for a Swede to say that, that's a burn. Yeah, it is such a burn. Yeah, like, it is like you're an American, like just jam yourself. It was just like, yeah, it's like he's commenting on the fact that like y'all are rude as hell <laughs> about everything. Like, which is honestly to some degree, it's like, it's like Pele is like the Pele and his brothers are the most because it's like you got to like befriend these people know them over several years at college like slowly like get yourself into their lives build this level of trust where they're willing to travel to a foreign country with you and go to this festival like that's sinister as hell it's like so because it's like 
I just wonder, I'm like, did he ever really care, care about these people? Or was he always like, oh, I got to find people to bring to Midsummer. So I got to build this, you know, like, like plant the seed, build this relationship now. Like how much of it was real and how much of it was manipulation? That's, that's what I think about with that movie. Cause yeah, yeah. they, they have to, they, they have to, like, that's part of their deal that they've made with the group that they have to bring in the outsiders. So it's like. And I'm sure everybody gets a turn to like bring in the outsiders, but it's their turn. So they have to bring them. Yeah. He's definitely grooming them. But then he, he has these moments where he seems so genuine though. Like when he was asking Danny, um, do you feel held by him? Does Christian feel like home to you? It was like, Oh damn. Like, yeah, that's why It's like, honestly, I do think that like Pele, like, I do think he's sweet on Danny. And it's like, I don't know what that means. Like Bob, like when the movie's over onward, cause it's like, she's the only outsider that's like still alive. But, and like, I know that he's like, oh, the picture drawing is just something I do for birthdays. But like, that was an incredible work of art. Like, it's just hard for me to believe that he doesn't in some way feel drawn to her or something. Yeah. Oh, and the birthday thing. Oh, Danny saying, oh, Christian forgot, but it's my fault because I forgot <laughs> to remind him it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you guys you guys can't see me, but I'm like pulling on my hair because it made me want to scream too. Yeah. And then he tries to come with that half-ass piece of cake. Uh, like, but he can't even late. light it. Uh, the level Christian of sucks. happening. <laughs> I'm basically like, Christian sucks. Christian sucks. The fucking, I'm just so tired of these, of these dudes who like do the bare minimum and want a fucking like pat on the back for doing the bare fucking minimum and like making women shrink themselves and be smaller and like, oh, I got to tiptoe around my emotions with you or you're going to have a mouth, like, or you're going to not talk to me or, because I, I honestly like from my experience with narcissistic and emotionally abusive men, probably what was going on is if Danny let her emotions be too big, he would just stop speaking to her. Oh Yeah. So she learned to just not emote to this person that's supposed to be her person. And that's why it's like when Pele asks, like, is he home to you? That question hits and hurts so hard because it's like, no. <laughs> like, honestly, no, I do not believe he is being supportive in the way that he needs to be supportive at all. No. And I think it's so easy to put yourself in that place because we've all had those relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I myself in the past have tried to be the cool girl and uh, <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, the other theme I really noticed in the movie is this homage to The Shining, like in the yes. scene where they're driving up to the Swedish, um, you know, village, the, the camera angles get very Shining-esque when the car flips and then- yeah. Um, you know, the pattern on Danny's blanket is the same pattern of Danny playing in the hotel room in The Shining. Mm -hmm. And their names, Danny and Danny, they're the same. Um, yeah. So I saw that and I was like, shit, I, I don't know what it means, but it's so like there in your face. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, when I think of those two movies, it does make me go like, what? Because it's like. I feel like with The Shining, it's almost like his descent into madness, whereas it's like her ascent, almost like I'd say, I don't like, yeah, it's a different kind of madness, but it's almost like 
she's becoming more herself from this experience, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah. I didn't notice all the shining parallels. That's really cool. Now I want to like go back and find more. That's like, Oh, there's so much in this movie too. Like the number of times her dead sister's face appears. Shows up. Yeah. 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 It's even in the trees and the leaves and like, it's wild. But I I have not noticed the tree leaves. Yeah. I like that idea because the shining and midsummer is both about people like stepping outside their normal place of residency and then getting moved outside their values. It's just Danny, our hero has, you know, like you said, an ascent into community and love and acceptance. Mm. A little murder, you know. (laughs) A little murder, but it's like, I feel like it's like the murder is like, I do feel bad for Connie and the one guy because they seemed okay, but everybody else I'm like, yeah, I'm cool with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gone getting. So I saw it in the theater and people had a huge reaction to the ritual where the, um, the elderly people like throw themselves off the cliff. Um, yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot. Like, I, I'm still not sure entirely how I feel about that idea, but I did like yeah how they explained it as this is a great joy for them because getting old and dying in fear and pain sucks right mm-hmm. but yeah i feel like summer wasn't afraid to like take on everything you know like groups mm-hmm. human sacrifice euthanasia let's do it yeah they're like let's go no i think that euthanasia was a lot because we weren't expecting it like we knew that, I mean, we knew it's a horror movie. We knew it was going to get sinister, but we didn't know it was going to go like that, that quick. Also, you've already just seen Danny's entire family be unalived by the sister who wanted to unalive herself. So it's like, was just a lot, especially like for me as a mentally ill person, it was like, just, it was kind of overwhelming for that all to happen. Like within the first, probably like honestly hour of the movie. But it's like, I do think the euthanasia to some degree is like, um I I always like with this stuff it's like of course it I I don't want anybody to do that because the people you leave behind you leave in absolute anguish and pain but like I almost understand it more when somebody is like older or sick or dying and they want to go out on their terms I'm more understanding of that just because it's like yeah it's just like they explain in the movie I think that like from that point in the movie I started to kind of understand like oh, like, they just live a little differently than we do, which is, like, probably not good that my brain does that. Like, I might be too susceptible to, like, a cult because my brain's like, oh, it's just a different way of looking at things. Um, But, yeah, it was very jarring. And then when they go over with, like, the freaking hammer or, like, the mallet, whatever you want to describe that as, it's just, like, that's the stuff that, like, yeah, I, uh, I don't like it. But it's, like, I think that the thing with Midsummer that I appreciated more than other horror movies is it's like anybody who was being like brutalized or like dying either it was on their terms or they suck so I don't feel bad <laughs> <laughs> whereas like other horror movies you're seeing these people like no no don't it like it like upsets you because they're upset I think that this is like a chiller watch because yeah everybody who's getting harmed you're like oh well, I didn't fucking like him anyway so I don't feel, or like, like the old people at first, at first I'm always like, oh, like that scene, I always just go, oh, yuck. And like that, that was my, my dad's like, ah, shit. That was what my dad said as the person was falling. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just like, 
I was up and like every time I watch that scene, I'm initially upset, and then I'm like, okay, well, like they did their ritual, they made their choice. Like it's still creepy and awful and weird, but like I, for whatever reason, I feel better about that than like somebody being like kidnapped and brutalized. Like a lot of horror movies are. That is harder for me to watch because I feel like they're in pain and they're um, like they're trying to get away. They don't want. They don't want to be. And I think that, again, that's why haunting movies are off. Because it's like literally just like a demon gets inside of your body and takes over you. Mm-hmm. Just like <laughs> you have you have no will. You have no consent to that. You're, you're like, yeah, you're just being, just being hurt. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's pretty, pretty unsettling, especially for people who are mentally ill and like struggle with those thoughts. Um, but I think they do it in a way that's like, it doesn't like the, the bad feeling doesn't stay there too long mm-hmm. if that makes sense it does um, I think also like this made me also dislike Christian because he tried to come in and mansplain it to Danny about like isn't it better than letting them sit in a nursing home and it's like okay it's more complex than that Christian her family just died you yeah. stupid bitch like I just like <laughs> uh and then he's like I think that we should at least stay and try to like get with the culture I'm like no you want to fuck that Swedish girl yeah that's why you want to stay she's 15 like she literally looks 15 and has like dark circles under her eyes and I just like I think they did the dark circles thing on purpose but yeah her her appearance is like haunting and like she is a child Mm -hmm. and she probably is because that's the whole thing it's probably like in their culture probably like you, you bleed for the first time and then you're supposed to make a baby. And they told her, you have to pick one of the outsiders to, to give you the sperm. Mm-hmm. She has pants license, as they said. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, you know, it's funny too. Like, I think, you know, we've always seen pictures of the Maypole dance. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, why do people love this so much? Like, you know, it's like a pagan thing that they, and then I was like, oh, they're on drugs. Like, <laughs> They love it they're on drugs that sounds so fun yeah you always see these pictures of like historically people just laughing and playing with these poles on the string or string on the poles i'm like what the, why is that so fun they're like oh midsummer made it make so much more sense yeah they're tripping balls what it's like <laughs> honestly like i mean i've been like well the other thing i found this is like like I said, I watched this movie last night with my parents. And when I got to the part where they were taking mushrooms, my mom was like, I wonder if anyone in our family has ever done mushrooms, which is like, okay, mom, are you subtly trying to ask me right now if I've ever done mushrooms? Because and did she yes. do a slow turn to you? Yeah, she did the slow, like, <laughs> like, I wonder if anyone's ever done mushrooms. And I'm like, daughter. just sitting there like, yeah, daughter, please admit to it right now. No, but um, yeah, it's just like one of those things. It's like when I've been on mushrooms, I like, will be by myself dancing in front of my mirror. So I can only imagine being in a beautiful field with like this gorgeous dress on and flowers in your hair. You'd be living your life. I did really enjoy the scene that she's just kind of like having fun. And then it's like, bam, bam. <laughs> she like nails into people. And then she's like, oh, I'm the winner. What? <laughs> yeah, she's like, what? Yeah, I feel like she's like so taken aback by it. And then yeah. like when they lift her into the air and they're singing, I feel like her face is almost like, are you guys going to drop me or murder me or like... And then that kind of the moment of realization where she's like, oh, I'm the queen. Like, you guys love me now. Like, nothing bad is going to happen to me. Yeah. I think that, understanding Swedish. It was, I liked it a lot. I love it too. It's so good. 
-hmm. Were there any other themes that jumped out at you in the movie? Like, like definitely, like the the. I think we start to see more flowers as Danny starts to like be more, like, I guess reborn. I guess I sound. It feels dumb to say reborn, but like as she starts to come out of her shell more, there's more flowers on her to the point where like the end of the thing, she's literally just covered in flowers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you think of her in the beginning, she's in this like drab gray on gray sweatsuit combo, and she's wearing that for most of the movie until she like is dancing and then she has a little bit of flowers then she becomes may queen they give her like her little like tops shrug thing and the Mm -hmm. crown but then like by the end she's literally just like a flower cone of a (laughs) woman yeah maybe it does kind of symbolize like a rebirth of danny yeah i don't like that's the only thing that i could think of like I do love because like I, I'm so, like it's such a theater kid. I love like the costumes and the sets and stuff. I think it's really interesting how, um, yeah, like the um, the like the, her outfit changes over the course of the movie as she changes, as well as like with the the final you know light the light the hut on fire scene. The very center of the hut is fucking Christian. Mm-hmm. Everybody around him is like. Yeah, it's like remnants of their old life together and like the other village people who like sacrificed their lives, but it's like he's at the heart of it. He's in the middle. Um and it's kind of like I love the fact that they that whatever like they blow in his face, like he can't speak or move after the fact. So it's like she doesn't even have to listen to him scream. Like he mm-hmm. literally just he literally just burns alive and he can't like he can't complain. He's silenced in the way that she was silenced by him. Hell yeah. Which I'm like, hell fucking yeah. So I, I, this might be odd to ask of a horror movie, but what were your favorite parts? Oh, that I would like favorite parts. Um, I definitely, like, I think the whole thing burning down at the end is one of my favorite parts. And the fact that she's smiling mm-hmm. at the end, I love that. Like you, I love the maypole dancing scene. Because mm-hmm. it is just like, she just kind of like, is tripping balls and like stumbles into this wind like it's just like an accident like her and the one girl are talking and then the other girl accidentally bumps into the other girl and then suddenly she's the winner I think that that's so fun um I also love cinematically how they show like the bird's eye view of like whenever like the head of the table starts to eat or drink and then they show everybody else starting it's just like really like pleasing to my particular kind of just I like seeing stuff like that yeah I definitely would say like and then the women wailing. I think I already mentioned that's definitely like one of my favorite things of the entire movie is because like the first time I watched it, I remember enjoying it, but it's like, I watched it this time. And, and if you look at the faces of the other women, they are really breaking down with her. Like they're actually sobbing. It's not like they're like mimicking her or mocking her. Like they go to where she is mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful. I'd say, you know, I agree with you totally on the cinematography aspect and especially the way they use the music to like heighten these moments and you just like feel it in your chest. And yeah. then with getting sober, like I have really um, enjoyed the sense of community that creates. And I really saw that yeah. movie in a beautiful way. Like mm-hmm. I, I just, I love how they experienced grief together openly. And like you said, they fully felt it and didn't care who saw and I just thought that was really beautiful yeah Yeah. oh it is really beautiful yeah yeah so any any final thoughts on Midsommar 
Midsummer final thoughts. Yeah, just like stop, stop um, staying with these dudes who make you like <laughs> micromanage your emotions so that you don't upset them. And uh, if you have to remind, if you have to blame yourself for him forgetting your birthday because you didn't remind him, dump his ass. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the moral of the story is dump your shitty boyfriend before you go on a European vacation. Absolutely. Yes. Before you, you, you don't need to wait till you're abroad to find out that this dude sucks. Like <laughs> if he planned, oh yeah. And also we forgot to mention the fact that he literally bought tickets to go on this trip without inviting her before mentioning that he was going on the trip. So yeah, when that happens, dump him. Don't go to midsummer. He'll just never come back and you'll be free. Yeah, and then he said, um, I invited her to Sweden and she accepted, but she's not coming. Don't worry about it. Like, what kind of fuckboy bullshit is that? <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God, he sucks. He sucks. Christian sucks. That's the other final thought. Christian really sucks. And you know, it's funny. Now I'm finally in a relationship with someone who is like um, emotionally mm -hmm. available and emotionally intelligent. And it is just a world of difference. I realize, like, I've been walking on eggshells for 20 years, and that is just exhausting. Oh, it is. It is. It is so exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, ugh, it just makes me go, eh. So, yeah, that's the moral of the story. Dump your shitty boyfriend. Find someone who is great and deserves you. Uh, yeah, so, Jamie, is there anything you're working on that you would like to tell us about, or where can people find more about you? Um, so you guys can all follow me on Instagram at Jamie Schreiner Biddle. I post a lot of my like upcoming show dates and stuff there. Um, I'm currently in the process of, I am collaborating with um, a stop motion animator to do a music video of one of my songs called So Small. So if you see me live, you've heard that song. It's um, about seeing it's a tiny penis and it ruining your weekend but it's also like more so than like more so than than penis size shaming it's more so just talking about like just men being weird like that's like the initial setup punch but it's it's like like i'm not evil and gonna size shame anybody like you do you but it's more just about like men being bizarre um but yeah so we're collaborating on that that'll hopefully um come out you know by the end of this year or early next year and then yeah, I just like, I, I'm doing virtual shows, live shows. I'm doing like a little bit of everything. So just check out my, my Instagram. You guys can come see me at a show if you're, if you're vaxxed and sassy, or I guess you could just not, if you're not vaxxed, cause I don't want you to come if you're not. Yeah. Go get that. Yeah. yeah. End this nightmare. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for doing the podcast and being my first guest back. Uh, this is hey, thanks for having me. really fun. You picked a great movie. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for doing it. Of course. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Thank you. Awesome. Have a good night. <laughs>